Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. The Gogodala people live deep in the Sega swamps of the western province of Papua New Guinea. Approximately 25 men, women and children live in the 30 villages stretched out on ridges of land that rise above large lagoons. They build their homes from split palm branches and cover them with tashit roofs made from sago palm leaves. Missionaries have worked among the Gogodala for more than 60 years trying to establish an indigenous church among the people. Yet Gogodala men and women have shared that they never gave up their spirit traditions when they became Christians. Instead, they merged the two belief systems, often asking God to bless them before conducting their spirit ceremonies. In this episode, we will hear about one instant about God provided for Jeth Bishop, a career missionary, exactly when he needed it. Here is his story. Hello, this is Jeff Bishop. I'm the one that AFM sent us to start the Gogodala Project in Papua New Guinea back in 1997. Something else that AFM told me that I could do was they said, well, you can make a crate so you can ship something here from America over to where you're going to start the mission project. And so I decided to do that. So I made a crate plywood and stuff that I used to make it. It was four feet wide, it was eight feet long, and six feet tall. So then AFM shipped it over to New Guinea. And then not too long after that, our family traveled, and we ended up arriving in Port Moresby, the capital city, the first week in July. Now, because there is an Adventist university there, Pacific Adventist University, the principal, uh, the person who was in charge of that university, he came and picked us up at the airport. Took us over there and said, you can stay here whenever you need to at the university. Then we traveled over to the Gogodala Project. It's out in the western province. And we started living in Balimo, but after we arrived there, then AFM told me every three months, you just should take a break, just travel somewhere else in the country, and just take a week and relax and just meet some other people, and then come back and keep working on the mission project. So we were in Balimo then for three months, and then after we were there, we traveled back to Port Moresby, the capital city. When I got there, I went and talked to the government and asked them, did my crate show up yet? And they said, nope, there's no crate here for you. And I said, okay, well then, the next week we traveled back to Balimo, and then we were living there. Something happened there when someone from another village, Gotali village, had asked us if we would be willing to move there and live in that village, which we did decide to do. Then about December, 
they had the house built for us, and we were getting ready to move out to Kotali Village. But then I started wondering, should I move out there before I get my crate and all that stuff we need to live in our house? We did have some stuff that we were using there in Balimo, but I just thought I needed to have that crate before I would actually move to that village where we were going to stay. So I decided, well, it's not another three months yet. It's only two more months, but yes, I'm going to travel back to Fort Moresby and see if I can find that crate. So we traveled back. We got there. I went out and asked the government, is my crate here? Now it had been five months, and they said no. But then I went to the university, and someone there told me there are at least two warehouses there in Port Moresby. Maybe I should go and see if they have the crate and never gave it to the government. So I walked, I drove out through the village there, the Port Moresby, and I went to the first warehouse, and they said no, they didn't have it. But when I got to the second one, the guy walked out back, looked, came back up and said, yes, we have one right out there in the back. And so he then told me, but I can't give it to you because I have to give it to the government. They have to inspect it. They have to see what's in it. They have to calculate how much it costs, what it's worth. So then they'll charge you taxes for bringing it from another country over to New Guinea. And so he said, we will take it to the government and they'll get it done, you know, within a month or two. And then you can uh, pick it up. And I said, okay. Well, then I went back to the university. And then on Sabbath, I went to church. Just before someone preached the sermon, one of the elders stood up and said, we have a guest speaker today. His name is John Pundari. Now, he actually told us one more thing. He said, what you need to know is that John Pundari was just elected to be the Speaker of Parliament just a few months ago. And that is who is preaching our sermon today. So John Pundari then preached a sermon. When he got done, he walked out of the church there He stood there and was just shaking hands with everybody who was leaving the church. I wanted to shake his hand, so I walked past everyone else there. And then when I showed up, he reached out, shook my hand. But immediately, his head turned far left. And I could not figure out, well, why is he not looking at me? But yet he's still holding my hand. Well, about five seconds later, he turned around and he said something to me. Thank you very much for starting the Gogodala Mission Project out in the Western Province. What I learned was he had an uncle that was standing behind him, and then when I showed up and he was shaking my hand, his uncle started talking to him about who I was, because three months or two months earlier, When I did arrive there, the church did ask me to share some stuff with them. So I had already told the church about the mission project in in Papua New Guinea there in the Western Province. And so after we showed up there and I met John Pundari, that's why his uncle told him who I was. But then John also told his uncle something else. He said, can you bring Jeff over to the capital? He said, yeah, I could. Well, his uncle was actually attending the university to become a certified pastor. And so that's why he was there. And he said, yes, I can do that on Monday. So on Monday, 
At 10 o'clock, he was supposed to pick me up and then take me over to the Capitol. It was about 14 miles away. So at 9 o'clock, I was already ready for him to pick me up. I was just waiting. And then at 10 o'clock, he didn't show up. But at 10.30, he didn't show up. And 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock. And finally, after two hours, I just decided, oh, well, no, that's not going to happen. So he just never showed up. Well, on Wednesday, our family needed some more food, and because the university had a big farm, I don't remember how many hundred acres they had, but they were growing fruits and vegetables, and they were selling them to the big grocery stores there in the capital city. But if you lived there in at the university and you wanted to buy some of the stuff that they were growing, they would sell it to you but they would only sell it on Wednesday or Friday. So on Wednesday morning, I walked down there to the farm and I entered inside where they had the food that they were selling to people. And I walked in there and I walked around and I picked up the food that I wanted. And then as I was walking out to pay for it, all of a sudden this guy walked in and he said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. My nephew told me to pick you up on Monday. I didn't even recognize him because he was now wearing clothes that he was using to work at the farm. So anyway, then he asked me, do you want me to call John and see if he still wants me to bring you? And I said, well, if you want to, you can. So he called John and John said, yes, bring him tomorrow on Thursday. And so the next morning he did take me there. I showed up at the Capitol and met with John, and he shared with me a lot of stuff about what he did for the government. And one of the things he told me was when they would vote for something there in their country, he was the one that would sign it to make it a law. Here in America, our president signs it, but there it was the Speaker of Parliament that would sign it. And so he was just very, very big person in the government. And then he, after he showed me his uh, entrance room where people could come in and wait to talk to him, and then his office, and then there was a room in the back where he had a big table where people could sit there and eat, and he could talk with people. Well, after we were done, he shared everything with me. He told his uncle, I want to travel all around our city and show Jeff what we have here in Port Moresby. And so we went out and we got in John's personal car and then we started driving down the road. Well, about two minutes after we started driving, all of a sudden, his uncle, who was sitting in the back seat, said, John, this guy has a crate that's been shipped from America that he is still trying to get. Can you help him? John then told his uncle, he said, Well, I have a car phone, just picked it up, and I have a phone book back there. Look up the number for the government office that does all that inspections for the people who send stuff here to our country. Look up his number and dial it for me and then give me my phone. So he did that, he dialed it, he gave the phone to John, and right away somebody answered. Then John asked the person, he said, good morning, my name is John Pundari, I am your new elected Speaker of Parliament. Do you have Jeff Bishop on your list for something shipped from America? And the person said, yes, we do have his name on our list. 
And then John asked him, because he's a missionary and he's working here in New Guinea, can you please work on that for him and get it done? Well, then the guy asked John, well, what's in there? What's in the crate? And so John asked me, he said, what did you want me to tell him is in your crate? So I just told him it was just the stuff that we were going to put in our house. And so he told the guy that stuff. And then he just told him thank you and then just hung up the phone. And we traveled all around the city. I don't know, it might have been an hour. And we arrived back at the Capitol. When we arrived back at the Capitol, he then told his uncle he had to go back to work. So he said, you just take Jeff back to the university. So we got in his uncle's car and we drove back to the university. When we arrived, he pulled in on the property and he parked his car right near the main office that was in charge of that university. We got out of the car and right as both of us got in front of the car, some guy showed up and he said, the government just showed up and delivered a huge crate that we can't even keep here at the university about a half an hour ago. What can I do with it? I was so surprised that it took God less than 30 minutes to have them finish that crate and then bring it over there for us. And then I did share with him how he could take it and have it shipped over to Balimo. And that's what God did so we could get our crate that took five months to get. Thank you for listening to Frontier Mission Journal. Please pray that the Google Dollar people would come to a true understanding of God's love and care for them. And also pray for Jeff as he continue to reach those that still need to hear about Jesus Christ our Savior. If God has called you to be a missionary, whether it's short term or long term, or if you just want to see what different projects there are and the testimonies of the missionaries that are currently in the field, then please visit our website at www.afmonline.org.